What's up, folks? It's your host, Kevin Tucker, here on the Full Time Out, as always. January 4, 2018, first podcast of the new year. You have to bear with me as I'm coming off a big-time flu and cold, but I got Seth Stanton, the former Ram point guard, to come in and sit down and talk Ram hoops, college football, Trey Young and NCAA basketball, and finally we make our picks on wildcard weekend here. So, as always, kick up your feet, turn up the speaks, full time out, let's go. Alright folks, we're joined now by uh, Seth Staten here on the full time out. Seth, uh, welcome back uh, on the podcast, and... Um, you know how things are going. They're good, man. It, it feels like I just did this, but I, it's been over a year since I came on last time. We did the the Christmas stuff and all that, but everything's uh, I, I'm alive. Um, for anyone that knows me out there, Monday was a it was a tough night, but I made it. The sun came up. New week, and uh, we're going to start off this week with the uh, going high school basketball. Um, <clears throat> big game again Tuesday night, one by fifty again. Uh, in a Hawkeye Tim matchup, where a game where you know most of our starters aren't even seeing the second half. Uh, if they do, they see only a couple minutes. They won 70 something to twenty nine. Uh, they're eight and zero, one of the top programs in the state, Seth. And you know, from looking at stats and watching some highlights and stuff, what do you what do you think of this team so far? Well, you know, I'm really familiar with them. Obviously, yeah, I keep up with them. Uh, the thing about them that you, that really jumps off to me is. The last couple of years, the thing that's kept them out of the state tournament is their defense, right? Yeah. They just couldn't defend uh, well enough to get there. You know, they'd give up, you know, points to big guys. They had trouble guarding the big guys, you know. But this year, I mean, if you look at the most they've given up, 56 points. Uh, that was to a good St. Albert team. But um, it's a tough stretch coming up for them, you know. But they have all the offense, you know. And it's crazy looking at Nate Moore, you know. Tradition, he could score 25 points a game, 22 points a game. You know, the way that he's spreading it around and and uh, you know everybody is getting involved. If they can play defense, they're going to score on anybody. You know, so um, I think that's the key. If they can keep it up, I don't think there's anybody really that, that can touch them in the conference uh, if they play defense the way that they've been playing. Yeah, I mean the biggest thing I think it is over 22 points per game less they're giving up this year compared to last year. That's crazy. Um, and when you have the same exact guys on the team and you can still take that much difference away, 20 points a game on defense allowing is incredible. I mean, it's a lot. And I think majority of that is just effort. Um, when you have the same talent there, it's not like Andrew and, and Nate and uh, Christian are got that much better over the season than as far as the defensive side. I think the effort's just there. Uh, I think they're, they're established, they're bought in right now, that, and they know that to go – not only to just win the Hawkeye 10, but to win games once you get to potentially the Wells Fargo Arena, you got to get stops, and I think they're bought in right now, and I think, you know, like you said, that's the biggest thing right now with this team. Yeah, and you look at that, they're shooting over 50% on, on the season, and that that's amazing. You know, that also, you look at their turnovers, the, you know, nothing jumps off the, the, the paper at you, like, um, you know, he's kind of struggling with turnovers, but no one does. I mean, they've played... How many games are they in now? Eight. Eight games, and the most turnovers by one guy is ten. You know that's that's impressive. Do they take care of the ball? 
Uh, and you know it's mid-season now. You know they're yeah. gonna, they haven't even hit stride. You know they, they just now are going to really be be pushing, especially with these next four games. Yeah, Seth said, folks, uh, I'll be going up to the biggest what's the big one, which is the next one. Uh, that's at Kemper, uh, a team who's only lost twice. Both losses are coming against uh, San Albert this season, and both games are close. Um, I think the biggest the biggest win I think for a Hawkeye ten team was San Albert defeating uh, these Kemper Knights up at Kemper. I think that was game two of the season. Um, but Glenwood has a tough schedule. They got at Kemper, at Atlantic, who just knocked off Harlan. They were undefeated. Uh, at St. Albert, which is, that's actually going to be at the Mid-America Center on the 12th of January, and then home versus Harlan. So Glenwood, I think we kind of know what Glenwood is right now, but we're really going to find out how good this team can be. Um, after they get in, get down with this next uh, four game stretch, and it starts at Kemper, a, a, a team who's pretty long and lengthy on Friday. Uh, once again, it's a long drive, which is always can you know you know mess with the uh, team's head a little bit. But this team's you know I think they know that Kemper's good. They don't have uh, um, Dentlinger anymore, but they do still have Parker Batting, who I think is playing one of the best. In Hawkeye 10, he's dropped 40 points once this year. Uh, it's going to be a tough contest for the boys. Yeah, it's always tough. Kemper, ever since way back when I was playing, they were really tough. To, it's just a tough place to go. Like you said, you're driving, and their court, you know, it's just intimidating in there. Um, but this is a different team. I, I think it's going to show more of what what's the conference all about. These other teams are not kind of knocking each other off to where Glenwood is, is cruising. You yeah. know? So I think Glenwood knows what they have. I think we're going to find out what the other teams really are all about if they can compete uh, I know it's weird to say that you know especially being from you know from Glenwood traditionally you know saying hey can these teams keep up with us but we'll see you know we're gonna learn a lot in the next next two weeks all right now let's head over to the uh, college game and we'll talk uh, first off with the Big 12 basketball season is underway uh, it's already you know only been two games in the season Seth but it's two big games I think that's happened so far. The biggest thing that comes off to me is one, Texas Tech is on top after two games, and Kansas uh, is not the Kansas we think so, Seth. No, they're not the same Kansas team that we've seen, but they'll. I have a feeling they're going to get get hot. They always do. But losing at home twice already, I, I you know, I can't uh, can't lie. I love seeing that. Uh, they've won the conference. What is it? Thir- how many times in it's a row? A lot. Too I, many. I quit. It's over. I know it's over twelve. Yeah, but that Texas Tech team is. I think they're the surprise team. Uh, I I kind of saw Oklahoma being good this year, but I didn't think they'd be this good. Obviously, Trey Young uh, it really changed things. But they they were young last year, so I thought they'd come in and be tough. Uh, but the surprise is Kansas. You know, they have all those players, and and they've lost already twice at home. And uh, I see more losses coming. Just the way that the conference is, it's the toughest conference I think in the in the, in the United States right now. Well, you, I look at Texas Tech, and both their wins are coming off top 25 teams. Mm-hmm. Baylor not top 25 now, but they're 18 when they won at Baylor uh, last uh, Friday. And then you talked about Oklahoma. Last night was really the first chance I got a, a chance to watch an entire game of them. I watched highlights of Trey Young this year, and um, the biggest stat I think yesterday that surprised me was he only fouled when he picked up his first foul last night. It was only his third foul or his first foul or something like that in three games. Yeah, yeah. He plays clean. Then it's it's crazy because they play really fast. You know, most of his fouls have come on offense too. I mean, he's not fouling on defense. But yeah, it, I didn't know that. That was a crazy stat. I mean, he's uh, there's a lot of crazy stats uh, under that guy's name right now. He's he's fun to watch. The 
the the teams that I think they might have trouble with would be, you know, kind of what TCU did to them. TCU, which they went into TCU and beat yeah. them in the top ten matchup. Um, once again, Trey killed it. But uh, you know, they they really out rebounded them in the first half. And I think bigger teams that are going to be on the boards offensively might give them trouble. But if they keep scoring the way they're scoring, they're, they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah, I mean, and if you look ahead, we haven't talked about them yet. It's West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the more talented teams I think Bob Huggins has had. Um, there's His defense is always there. Uh, Morgantown's always a tough place to play. They're 2-0. Uh, their win streak's actually at 13 games right now. Right. Um, yep. So 13-1, they lost their first game of the season, then they've rallied off 13 straight. Uh, to say that they're one of the hottest teams in the country, it would be hard to argue. Um, they got their win against Oklahoma State last week, who's not very impressive. Um, and then they beat a K-State team, uh, who I thought looked pretty well against Iowa State last week, mm-hmm. pretty handily. Um, but as far as top 25 quality wins, you know, West Virginia hasn't had as much impressive wins as some teams in the Big 12 has, but... It, it, as far as top to bottom, I've heard a lot of guys say, I mean, Iowa State's right now 0-2 in the Big 12, and, uh, you know, they've beaten some decent teams this year with UNI and Boise State. Mm-hmm. Um, Iowa's not that good this year, but they did beat them as well, and they're saying that they think that all 10 of these teams, no matter you put them on any conference in the United States, and they're going to make it to the dance. Unfortunately, the Big 12 is that tough this year, and and, you know, you have Baylor, who's 0-2 right now in the Big 12 and was ranked 18th last week. Yeah. That shows you how much confidence uh, the polls have in the Big 12 right yeah. now. I mean, if things go right, I mean, if there's, you know, like to the Iowa State's 0-2, I still think that they're going to, you know, they're going to have a good season and, and have a good chance to make the tournament. I mean, any one of these teams can make the tournament. I, it'd be crazy to see all 10 make it uh, just because I don't think that'll happen strictly, like you said, because they're going to be beating each other up. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, top to bottom, it's a, it's a, there's no easy games. In West Virginia, like you said, their offense this year is a lot better than they've been. So uh, combine that with their defense, and they're they're one of the scarier teams to play as, as well. So um, it's weird talking about all these good teams and not even mentioning Kansas. No. <laughs> um, you know, going off early predictions for me, um, as far as, you know, we already talked about teams to stand out, but, you know, Trey Young, everyone's talked about him. He, Folks, he's averaging 20 points and 10 re, uh, 10 assists as a freshman. 29. 29 yeah. points. And uh, 10 assists a game. So, I mean, I, I saw Seth Curry commented on him last night. Uh, he's must-watched TV. I asked Seth this earlier this year. Is, is he a better player than when Blake Griffin had his breakout season? And you can go ahead and say what your answer did with me in the text. I mean, yeah, I, it's uh, no, one's, no one has ever done what Trey Young's doing right now. So, I mean... Uh, then he's a true freshman. Blake didn't really come out until his sophomore year, right? He he had a decent freshman year, but yeah, this is kind of uh, you know we've never seen this before. Uh, that's a good. I mean, they're a good team. I know I'm an Oklahoma fan, but you know the, his surrounding cast. You know he's given them wide open looks, wide open dunks. You know, ten assists. I think, and I, I think he's going to keep going on that. I think I think he's going to have an easier time keeping his assists going than keeping up and scoring thirty a game. Um, but we'll see. Uh, it, it, it's just uh, it's a lot of fun to watch after uh, the Oklahoma football game. It was nice to, to come back and watch something like like we saw last night against Okie State. All right, now we're going to go over to the other college sport that's pretty big right now. Some people are watching that, and that is the uh, national championship game Monday night. 
um, this next Monday night. And, you know, we had Alabama uh, kind of just taking it to Clemson. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that was a good game at all. Um, I thought it was supposed to be a better game than it was, but I think in that game more than anything says, I think the defense of Alabama really um, kind of scared the uh, the quarterback for Clemson, and I don't think he could make any decision. Yeah, I, I think that um, Alabama went in there to send a message to a little bit because a lot of talk was that they didn't deserve it. I mean, there's a lot of scenarios where they didn't, but they're still, you know, I hate saying this, but they still have one of the best teams in the nation, obviously. So. Um, they went in there angry, and, and it's really the, the only thing about Bama is they don't have a very good offense. I don't think their offense is that great. Um, so if going into a game like Clemson, they had to have their defense win that game because I thought Clemson – I honestly thought Clemson was going to win that game um, pr- easily. But, you know, Alabama is Alabama. They got the players on defense, and, and if they if they put it together, they're going to be tough to beat, tough to score on. Uh, and then you have Georgia who took down um, the Sooners in double overtime – after I, I I feel like for Oklahoma to lose this year, it'd have to be something like a block field goal yeah. or, or a block extra point. That is um, kind of sooner esque. Yeah, from yeah. watching games with you throughout the years, Seth. But overall, a good game. It was exactly what people thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Oklahoma's offense absolutely, absolutely just putting up points very early, uh, quickly, and as you know, as fast as they could. Um, but then you had on the opposite side the running back terror of uh, Michelle and um, uh, oh gosh, what is it now? The other running back. I can't think. It. It's my Chubb. My Florida Chubb. I mean, you know, and they were able to you know run on Oklahoma's defense. And at the end of the day, you know, unfortunately, it was a missed or a blocked uh, PAT from uh, sending it into probably a third overtime. But you know, I think. That the winner of that game, to me, was going to win the national title, uh, and I think Georgia's offense, Georgia's defensive line, for one thing, is, I think is one of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you throw in their offense compared to Alabama's offense, and I like the Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I thought the same thing. I, I when it was half, when it was going into halftime, um, the thing about the th- that third quarter was Oklahoma's offense kind of they, they got shut down a little bit. At halftime, Oklahoma didn't have any adjustments to make. They were mm-hmm. killing them. Yeah. They, what do you change? You know, you can't change anything. You go back out there. Georgia has changed everything. So it took them a quarter to adjust by then. Georgia was back in the game. And then, like you said, they're, they're running backs. I knew they were going to run all over Oklahoma's defense. We just aren't built to, to stop good offenses, especially running offenses. But uh, going into the national title, these two teams didn't play in the regular season. Everyone thought they were going to end up playing in the SEC championship. So it's kind of a game everyone wants to see. I think Georgia's going to be able to, to put points up, but you know they're not going to score 45, 50 no. points. They're, you know, I think it's going to be a 28, 24, 24, 21 game. Um, but I, th- I think Georgia's going to win. I think they got the defense to, to shut down Alabama, and they got just enough offense to, to put enough points up. I'm taking uh, Georgia this one, Seth, 24-17. Um, I think Georgia's, you know, I was just too impressed with their running backs. I mean, you stop for one to have one of those good running backs in your team, let alone two, and even mm-hmm. the fr- true freshman is a third stallion in the back there. And um, I just think to always have a healthy um, endurance back against a big team like Alabama is tough, and to, you know to stop. But mm-hmm. um, and I don't think I don't like Alabama's um, offense at all. I don't think you know. I think they are very one dimensional. Um, and if you can really make Jalen Hearns 
throw the ball consistently and at a at a lot of um, high volume passes, you can take down Alabama. And I agree. I I, th- I think that that's good. What the kind of what the game's going to be is both defenses are going to stack the line, and they're going to dare that freshman from Georgia mm-hmm. to try to, to try to beat them. They're going to they're going to dare um, Hurst is it Hurst? Yeah, to try to beat them uh, as far as Georgia goes. But I mean, I think Georgia saw the best line they're going to play yeah. against all year last game. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it's still Alabama. They always show up. So. Uh, I think it'll be a good game. Will I watch it? I don't know if I can stomach it, <laughs> but I'm cheering for Georgia. I like their coach. I like Georgia's coach a lot. Uh, finally, we are going to go talk NFL now. Football season is really just beginning in the NFL um, when games are uh, supposed to be at their best. Um, something I was uh, saw here, Seth, when we're going down through each of these games. You know, usually in the NFL, the lines aren't very big. And yep. for Wild Card Weekend, uh, maybe they're usually like this, and I just don't pay attention to it for Wild Card Weekend. But we'll start off with the Titans at the Chiefs. Uh, it's Chiefs minus eight right now off the get-go. And, and, you know, I don't like that matchup at all. I think Chiefs, to me, I think the Chiefs could win by two touchdowns. But once again, it's the NFL sets and you know yeah. weird things happen. Well, I uh, the, the one that you, when you're looking at eight point favorite, that's the one I I am the most comfortable with out yeah. of all of them. Uh, I think that Kansas City they went through that that um, you know four or five game stretch where they, they didn't right. play very well. That's because Alex Smith is playing conservative. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they're going to be able to throw the ball uh, on 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 Tennessee. Uh, they're they're not going to run as, as as effectively. Tennessee's got pretty good run defense, but. They are horrible in the secondary, and I think Alex Smith's gonna gonna be chucking it around. I think they're gonna win that game pretty easily. Uh, even though I hate to admit it, with Casey and, and Jake, you know, the Chiefs fans they are, but they'll they'll choke the next round anyways. <laughs> yeah, the, I'll take the Chiefs this uh, this game, like you said. Um, you know, our Raiders beat the Titans at, at Tennessee, yeah. so I'll take the Chiefs at home. They should be able to win a home uh, wild card game in Kansas City. It's probably gonna be freezing. Uh, that's at three three twenty on actually Saturday, folks. The first game, second game of the day is uh, the former uh, who played in the Super Bowl last year, Atlanta Falcons, taking on the L.A. Uh, Rams. Uh, the Rams are favored uh, six and a half here, Seth. And that's the one I'm least comfortable with, just simply because Atlanta's been there before and they still have that offense. Yep. Uh, the Rams haven't been there in a long time, mm-hmm. but they can't. I mean, they have all the talent to put, to put up 35 points on on uh, Atlanta's defense. We'll see. Uh, I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Atlanta on this one just because of the experience. The biggest thing here with me is uh, it's at LA, but you know the Rams have had a, ter- a terrible time filling that stadium. Um, so are the people of LA gonna come out and support them in actually a playoff game? Uh, what kind of play a- atmosphere is they going to be in LA? Um, a- a- a place where a lot of times this uh, season the opposing team has more fans show up in the stadium. That's what um, I was thinking. You know, I was thinking any L.A. team, you watch the Clippers, you watch the Lakers, yep. the fans are it's, – it's, it's almost the second quarter in some of those basketball games and the fans haven't even got there yet. I think there's going to be a lot more Atlanta fans in that stadium. Uh, the Falcons, as you mentioned, they're a very powerhouse team. Uh, Gurley, though, for the Rams is playing outstanding right now. I think their defense is pretty good. Matt Ryan, you know, can he not create turnovers like he has been doing? Uh, I think that's their biggest thing right now with Atlanta. Is he, if Matt Ryan doesn't create or cause a lot of turnovers and throw a lot of picks and stuff, they're tough to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but can they give Julio Jones the ball? I'll go with the home team here and the Rams, and uh, until someone stops Gurley as hot as he is right now, I'll like to see it done. Uh, craziest matchup, I think, as far as no one would expect before the season started, <laughs> was the Buffalo Bills at Jacksonville Jaguars, and that's a minus eight in favor for the Jags. Uh, so Bortles favored by eight points in a playoff game, Seth. Yeah, and that's what I, exactly what I was going to say, too, is uh, if you'd have told me that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be a favorite in the playoffs at all, whether it's a half a point favorite, I'd have told you you're crazy. I would have put a lot of money on that at the end of the year. But, you know, it, eight's too much. I, I, I'm I'm still going with Jacksonville in this one. I think it's going to be a close game, though. Uh, I, I just don't like the Bills. I don't think they're, I don't think they're very good offensively and McCoy's hurt uh, coming into the game so I'm gonna go with Jacksonville um, I think they're gonna they're gonna win pretty easily uh, home team here defense all the way in the playoffs and be able to run the ball um, you know they have two good backs in Jacksonville mm-hmm. uh, as far as the defensive line and cornerbacks go it's one of the best with the Jacksonville Jaguar Jaguars I don't think their coach is going to allow Bortles to even try to lose this game for them. I think it's run heavy uh, for the Jags, and definitely um, I think Tyrod Taylor is going to cost him, um, get some turnovers and look for Malik Jackson um, probably to get a uh, fumble return for a touchdown. Uh, finally, it looks like we're going to have the final game, which I think should be the best game of the wild card weekend, is the Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints. Both these teams obviously played each other um, this year twice. Um, Carolina's, you know, what are you going to get with them? This is a new New Orleans team I think we're seeing this year, Seth, when Drew Brees actually has a running game. Yeah. So where do you see this at? Uh, I think this is going to be the best game. Uh, both these teams have an experienced quarterback. Um, one a little more of a wild card than the other. Uh, you never really know what you're gonna get out of Cam Newton. You know he's gonna, you know, do he's gonna do something, but he's just he's not consistent, right? With Drew Brees, you know exactly what you're gonna get. He's smart, consistent. They have a better running game. Uh, I think the Carolina's defense probably a little bit better, but I'm gonna go with uh, New Orleans. I think I like that line. I think seven is about what they're going to win by. And they're familiar with each other. I think it will probably start out a little slow and then pick up some steam in the second half and Breeze will lead them to the win. Uh, with, for me, it's, it's Saints. you got uh, running game favors the Saints. Quarterback favors the Saints. Um, receivers, Saints. Special teams with Kamara uh, doing all that stuff to the Saints. The only thing is with the Panthers, that's that defense. Um, Keekley. We'll have to do something Keekly-esque in order to win at, on the road against this offensive Drew Brees. And uh, I think the Saints are going to be um, something to reckon with here coming the rest of the way of the playoffs. Give me the Saints, Seth. Yep, I, I like that. I, mean, I, I do. I think they're kind of it, – it's a wild card game, but I think they are the wild card of the of the playoffs, you know. Um, they're, they're powerful, man. That offense is good. All right, Seth, thanks for joining us. Yep. Anything else to say? Uh, nope, I'm good. I just uh, thanks for letting me uh, jump on again. I guess I – could give a shout out, Nate Moore. You need to slow down on these assists and steals, uh, please. If you do me a favor, thanks. <laughs> That's a wrap, folks. Shout out to Sestay, and thanks for taking time off your day. Come down to good old Glenwood and help me record here on the full timeout. Stanton's Sooners might be out for uh, football, but. I have a good feeling his Sooners in basketball with Trey Young are going to be something to reckon with. Good luck to all the teams this weekend, wild card, football, and as always, 
Kevin Tucker signing off. Full time out. See ya.